Hey, welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for y'all yes. today. Got some great topics to talk about. Discord is apparently in talks with Microsoft to be acquired for $10 billion. In other news, Intel is apparently returning to the TikTok model. That is to say that they are going to create CPUs by dancing about them. No, no, it's a different sort of TikTok. We'll get you all the deets about that later. What else we got, Luke? The semiconductor shortage has reached a, a crisis point, uh, which, I mean... That means it's hard to run. Good. And Acer was hit with a $50 million ransom. Get it? It's hard to run because you have no computer. Oh. Hey, all right. We're going to roll that intro. Oh, we didn't get your beard fixed. I really need to send Ed a note about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's a little awkward. Uh, the show is brought to you today by Notion, Cloud Linux, or ELS, Cloud Linux, yes, and Corsair. All right. Why don't we jump right into our first topic? Discord. Fancy topic. Microsoft in talks to buy Discord for $10 billion. Okay, so on the pre-show, uh, which uh, goes up on Floatplane and sometimes Twitch, we were having a little chit-chat before we started the show about, uh, I made a little snide remark about like, oh, what? No, imagine that. A, a, a communications platform that just that that just wasn't making any money and it was all about user acquisition so that they could sell out what no way and some some of some viewers were saying that hey well hold on a second discord's actually profitable so i did some uh deep uh deep uh, and careful research and found that in mid 2020 discord declined to specify whether they were profitable or not and anecdotal evidence would seem to suggest that um, no, Discord is probably not profitable. Luke, what can you tell me about the costs associated with developing, uh, you know, an app and a media streaming platform and how much Discord charges for their service? Do, do you like what can you tell me about the how well those things probably match up? So one, one some props that I will give Discord um, and I, and I, I know some people there and this is, this is not why I'm giving them props. I have, I have pooped on many a company where I know people there in the past. So that, that is you not have. a thing. Um, but some props that I will give them is as far as my understanding goes, they're actually a surprisingly small team and they've created this monster of a product. Incredible. Like the, the team size versus what they've created is fantastic, but really high quality devs are really expensive. Yeah. Um, I, I am pretty sure a decent amount of the people there have some form of, uh, I'm probably going to mix my words up here, but where they can get stock relatively easily. Some, some and, kind of equity. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's, there's some type of compensation that way, I believe. Um, but doesn't matter. High quality devs are expensive. Um, there's also like the fact that you and I are on a video call right now. Um, and that it, streaming is free for everybody. And you might yeah. say the same thing about Twitch, but Twitch is ran 
on a subscriptions model where it's many people subscribing to one person to watch that one person's thing. Discord is essentially guaranteed to be few people watching one person. Twitch is for most of the people on the platform that are all the people on the platform that are successful. It's tons of people watching one person, much easier to cash all that kind of jazz. So you're like, okay, well, Twitch is subsidized by bits and subscriptions and all this other kind of stuff. And ads. Um, Don't forget about ads. And lots of ads. Oh lots my. of ads. Heavy, um, heavy ads. Discord is is monetized by just Nitro. Out of everyone I know that uses Discord, which is actually a lot of people, I'm pretty sure I know one to three people that use Nitro. Yeah. And even if they did use Nitro, I think we're going to go ahead and assume that these are quite heavy users. And I mean, you look at the way that people use Discord. Like, for example, uh, when I was playing uh, Tarkov with you and Joe and okay, so um, basically, if you're not familiar, Escape from Tarkov is like a super hardcore, like simmy um, shooter game. And essentially, you kind of drop into some zone, and your objectives have actually nothing to do with what anyone else in that zone may or may not be doing. So it's full of, like, NPCs. It's full of actual people who take over these sort of, like, bare-bones, badly-kitted-out NPCs. And then it's also got other players that are fully geared up trying to do whatever the crap is it is that they're trying to do. And what, what makes Tarkov super simmy and hardcore is that a lot of the niceties that you enjoy with regular video games, like, say, for example, a, an on-screen map or anything else in your heads-up display or pressing the reload button, sort of magically taking your magazine that has five rounds left in it, topping it up with another 25 rounds, and all of a sudden you have a 30-round magazine and then just, like what a backpack full of bullets like like this kind of instantaneous uh you know refilling of magazines and reshuffling of bullets that kind of takes place in normal games tarkov doesn't have any of that so most importantly one of the things that tarkov does not have is any kind of indicator over the other players to tell you if they are friend or foe and i me for me jumping in i i basically told these guys i was like look <laughs> It is a matter of time before I absolutely murder one of you. So they made sure that I didn't have very good ammunition, I guess. Um, to be fair, you, you never killed Joe or myself. That's true. I've only killed Dimitri from Hardware Connects. It was not because of rivalry. It was not because of rivalry. I, it was an errant grenade. And he really should have known to get out of the way. So that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I have to say about that. Anyway, the point is... Um, well, what was my point? How, did I, how on earth did I get into this? Uh, you, you were talking about how we, we do the Discord streaming Right, stuff. yes. So, Luke, because you guys don't have any kind of indication of you know, who other people are or where they are, no map, tell me. Tell me, what is it that you guys do? Because I thought this was pretty ingenious. One of, one of the tricks that you can do, and honestly, it, it pulls your eyes away from your actual screen. So, it has some downsides. So you don't really use it, like, way too often. I think the but... upsides outweigh the downsides, sir. Yeah, there's definitely benefits to it is you stream your screen on Discord. Everyone streams their screen on Discord. So you have like, if we have like three or four people playing in a lobby, every single person is streaming their screen. So you have four simultaneous streams going um, and you just pop it up on a side monitor 
show all the different streams. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, it always shows your stream and you can't make it not. Right. But yeah, you can, you can see everyone else's streams, which is pretty sweet. So basically, that gives you an idea of where your teammates are and what the crap they're doing in a game that otherwise does not tell you that in any meaningful way. So you end up with all kinds of like sort of code words and location callouts yeah. like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on the ramp that's next to the roof where I failed real hard that one time. And for like someone joining the group who hasn't, you know, been on all of these previous exploits, it's like, I'm sorry, what the shit are you talking about? Like, how am I supposed to deal with this? <laughs> yeah, it so, can be pretty confusing. It's mostly helpful for sherping people because you can you can like tell them like, okay, look to your look to your left, which actually has gotten a lot better because of compasses and also kind of junk. But yeah, that's a conversation for another time. The Basically, point. though, we're not the only people that do that. Yes. And there's a lot of other people that do that for other things as well. Like maybe you have a few different people in a Discord lobby. They're playing a few different games. Yep. They just want to hang out. Just hanging out. They all stream their games. That tell way me, you can tune into your buddy's game. If you tell want. me something about live streaming costs versus VOD costs. Luke, hit me with that knowledge bomb. Live stream is super expensive <clears throat> uh, because of caching. And especially in, in this type of scenario where you have um a <laughs> few eyes on 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 many streams it's yeah you're you're not really there's 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 you're not really caching so right. so for those who don't understand like what does that mean so so what's the benefit okay, of caching okay, so, a live stream or like what's the drawback of not being able to cache a live stream so you're going to save on like a huge amount of bandwidth because if you can like hmm, if you think about the amount of times that it has to jump if you if you can send one bit of data 90% of the way and then just copy that and send it to the last to to 20 endpoints or 4000 people yeah instead of sending all of the data entirely to 4000 different people if you can send it most of the way and then just replicate and send it from there you'll save that's a pretty rough explanation but you'll save on a lot of bandwidth costs which is which is fantastic and also turns into processing and storage costs as well because of all the jumps but yeah, so very minor sherp in chat asks sherping um sherpa sherpa so uh, 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 like trying to teach someone the game sorry tarkov turn. yeah so it's good it's like guiding someone through the game because if you try to go in and play a game like escape from tarkov without playing with someone who actually knows what they're doing i mean you know what to to you in the in the chat right now that's like I could totally do it. I did it. It was easy. It was awesome. You know what? Good for you. Good job. You you like you know guns and 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 gun things and you're great. Wow, you're so smart. Um, but for most people, that just ain't happening because it's it's very challenging and there's some really there's some like really stupid man. I could go. I could rant about Escape from Tarkov for quite some time. Remember that one time when I was trying to move an item like a, a weirdly shaped item into an inventory spot and then like pick up that item and put it into another spot that it fit better. Okay, okay, so you can't just pick up an item on one side and then drop it onto a spot where something else is and then just be holding that item and put it down somewhere else. That functionality has been available since Diablo 1 at the very least. And for whatever reason, Escape from Tarkov makes it so that you have to like move all the little things and then move that over there and then pick up this thing and put it over there. It's, it's absolutely infuriating. 
Anywho, um, we were supposed to be talking about Microsoft being in talks to buy Discord. Right, so is Discord profitable? We're saying probably not because video chat is basically live streaming to a single or a handful of endpoints and it's super expensive. And, and there's also the like extremely long-term connectedness of the voice chat. Like, yeah, voice chat isn't really that tough these days. But the sheer volume of voice chat going through Discord has got to be immense. Even even just the like picture attachments and text. Yeah, the storage, like, literally man. Literally just that. The, the, the storage has got to be absurd. It's got to like, be I, absolutely obscene. And sorry, did I say voice chat? Because I meant video chats. Like Luke and I are in a video call right now. Video chats, voice chats, text chats, live streams. They, they Everything. do so much stuff. But... Um, I mean, the thing about having a lot of users is it kind of at a certain point almost doesn't matter uh, how much it costs to maintain them as long as you can mercilessly monetize them enough. Now, yeah. to, to my knowledge, Discord doesn't have like a, a deep strategy for, for monetizing its users by selling their data and integrating with other platforms. If they do, hey, for all I know, they could actually be profitable. But what I can say almost for certain is that their strategy is not going to be as robust as the one that someone like Microsoft or someone like an Amazon or Google might have. So apparently, apparently uh, Discord might lean on a lot of peer-to-peer -peer solutions. Um, I haven't looked into it at all. I'm I, I would still be very surprised if they're profitable. It, it just like yeah I. I, I could be very off on the Nitro numbers, but I think there are very, very few Nitro subscribers compared to what you would expect from something like a Twitch. So some sources have stated that Discord would be more likely to go public rather than entertaining an acquisition, but apparently 10 billion is enough to get Microsoft a seat at the table at least. They have apparently also held discussions with Epic yeah. Games and Amazon in the recent past. Epic didn't immediately respond to requests for comment, and Amazon declined to comment, though. But with more than 100 million monthly active users, like, guys, 100 million, and we're not talking 100 million, you know, uh, signups on the platform ever. We are talking monthly active users. It's absolutely incredible. Discord has completely transformed from, like, this sort of weird niche gamery chat platform to just I mean like I mean honestly I can't think of a reason to use anything other than discord other than that I'm sort of terrified of what's going to happen to my data with discord because anything free yeah. I sort of find hard to trust yeah. and, um, and, and very few people do like I, I know some of the EVE online community still uses mumble um, mumble's awesome I, I agree, but a, a lot of communities that are on things that aren't Discord are only on those things because they were already on those things way yeah. in the past, and it's, there's been no real reason for them to move over. It's very hard to justify the hassle of setting up a Mumble server when you can all just jump on Discord. Like, I'll be honest, for my son and, like, his his friends, it is so much easier for me to just be like yeah you guys just use discord like i'm what i'm supposed to navigate them all through like entering ip addresses and crap to join a mumble server like i just i can't i can't i'm sorry yeah now uh, go ahead 
So, so something interesting that I, I don't necessarily think is in the doc, it might be, um, is some of the unique things that Discord has to offer that could be really, really cool for Microsoft. One of the big sticking points for Microsoft right now, and it's like we want people to be able to game on multiple platforms thing, um, is that the, the Microsoft Store sucks I don't even really have to add anything on top nope, of that. Nope, I think I, that, I think you made the sentence. point. But the Microsoft Store just sucks. It's terrible. Nobody likes using it. Um, it, it like sentiment around it online is atrocious, yep. etc. Discord has a game store built into it. Right. That could actually be like pretty huge and could help them a lot. It, even even if it's just trying to shift sentiment. Even if it's the same stupid broken store, if they make like some improvements and then also have it on Discord, they could they could really um, they could really uh, fix a lot of that sentiment and get a lot more people interested in getting games through the store. Um, maybe if the new Bethesda games that launch also launch through the Microsoft Discord store or something like that, I think that could be pretty huge. Yep. Another thing that Discord could potentially do is be a like a gamer centric communication hub that they build into xbox uh, oh, yeah, i mean definitely. as they continue to move towards like you said this cross-platform kind of future um it's clear that i i, I okay you know what it's not clear i don't know what uh, i don't know what microsoft is doing or has done like i don't know what kind of specific learning disability they have that makes it hard for them to build a communication platform um, that just kind of works in every way. You know, going back, they were in the lead with MSN Messenger, and then they oh, went yeah. through sort of like a very dark time when Skype was their best offering. And then what was it called? Like Links or something? What was like the... the... It was Links. Links was a thing. Yeah, um... Links. And then Skype became like, it took over Links's back end or something like that, but then stayed branded Skype for business. And then the regular Skype one still ran on like the dog crap, easily exploitable old Skype backend. And then Teams is like, man, I need Teams. Teams has for a work. lot of problems. But te Teams is Teams is kind of garbage. Like I, oh man, yeah. If I, I could just use Discord, oh. Luke, if you could switch to using Discord instead of Teams for work, would you just like do it? Flowplane started on Discord. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, there, there was a few different reasons why we switched. Um, there was actually quite a few, it, but most of them were for for reasons that wouldn't apply to like most situations. Right, because you guys um, are on Slack now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like Slack annoys the hell out of me too. And Slack has tons of problems. It's just the problems that Slack has for our use case are much more manageable than the problems that Discord had for our use case. Right. <clears throat> um. But oh geez, if I was on Teams, I would I would move to Discord in a heartbeat, no question. Screw yeah. Teams, dude. <laughs> I know it's just so it's so unclear when someone's calling you. I know, I know. What? It's like and just like notification oh. delivery if you have multiple devices is an absolute nightmare. I just I I don't know, man. And it just drops calls. Uh, you got people in the chat that are like, I don't That's think Teams so is that bad. Like, all right, all right, fair enough. Hey, you you enjoy you enjoy Teams, but one, one man. of the problems with chat programs is especially when they're for production environments. Like, like Discord is essentially for gaming. If Discord goes down and has a problem or whatever, it's just that's fair. 
just go do something else. Use in-game like, in-game voice or that. Or, yeah. Or I was I was saying go do something else, but you could also just use something else. Like it yeah. doesn't really matter. You just need to hear your your buddy's voice. Like yeah. who cares? There's a bunch of different solutions for that. Um, if your work chat goes down or has any form of issue, really, to be completely honest, it's potentially catastrophic. And those days are horrible. And like, luckily, they don't happen that often. But yeah. whenever there's whenever there's voice issues, you now have to potentially find another secure medium that all your employees have. And it doesn't waste a ton of time to get yeah. onto it. Because um, when you're on it, the clock, it's like, you know, when you're gaming or whatever, and it takes... You know, it's that, that Seinfeld episode where they each one of them kind of goes and makes a phone call or uses the bathroom or whatever else, and they can never actually go anywhere or do anything. You know, when you're gaming, it's like, fine. It's like, oh, well, you know what? Luke's not back from giving his bird a bath or whatever micromanaging thing he's doing with his budgie. Uh, you know what? Let's just play around without him. Like, you can't do that when you're on a call with, like, you know, the municipal, your local government about some zoning ordinance or something. Just everyone needs to be on the call. It's that simple. Um, yeah. So I, uh, man, would you be, would you still be completely comfortable using Discord if they were owned by Microsoft? Uh, I'm not completely comfortable using Discord in its current state if it's for business stuff. Yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's another question. What is your confidence level that Microsoft wouldn't manage to destroy Discord and just run oh, it into the ground? Low, very low. They they have they have a track record of just like eliminating eliminating any communications platform they can possibly get their hands on. Um, they have what is it? Seizing defeat from the jaws of victory. They they like they they encompass that with communications platforms to to such an amazing T. Like MSN Messenger was actually just the most incredible thing ever. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm I'm kind of preaching to the preacher on this one because Lannis and I both love MSN Messenger. We but did. They had they had the world with MSN yep. Messenger. Like they they did. And then they just let it go. And like that was actually the most confusing thing in tech. And like, your your MSN your MSN profile page, which was like personalizable and like basically was the precursor to what would have been like a Facebook now, was just like this like bolted on add on to MSN Messenger that absolutely had the potential to be yeah. people's like it, social it media hub. It wasn't really there yet. No, but like. If they didn't get rid of MSN and they didn't get rid of the MSN profiles thing, they would have just killed. Um, someone said, what about ICQ? What about whatever? Yeah, there was a bunch of other ones. MSN was the king and MSN was going to win. Yeah. Like it's just not yeah. even close. Yeah. Like the 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 gen, uh, what are we? Millennial? What is that? X, Y, Y? Gen Y. The, the Gen Y cohort was not interested in anything that wasn't MSN Messenger. Like ICQ was more like your Gen Xers and they were, they were switching, they were converting. ICQ was dying like yeah. long before MSN uh, got replaced. Anyway, good luck, Microsoft. Please don't ruin it. Um, I, I don't think they're going to get it. You don't think they're going to get it? What I, what I my hot take on this is Ooh. Discord is only tabling this to potentially increase their public offering value. Oh, wow, that is spicy. You're probably right. 
You're probably right. You know, I wish that I could invest in like initial public offerings and stuff because not because I think Discord is, has an amazing potential to make money, quite frankly, but just because every single tech IPO over the last couple of years has gone absolutely bonkers right after the opening bell. Like, I, and guys, I am not a financial advisor. No. This is all the, the ignorant ramblings of a smooth-brained ape. Um, but sometimes I do look at these kinds of things, like the Roblox one. I'm just like, well, yeah. You know, it's a gaming tech IPO. And what did it go up? Like 75% or something in the first day? It's ridiculous. It's insane. So... I mean, if they go IPO, I would be surprised if they don't enjoy at least a degree of short-term success. Speaking of a degree of short-term success, Intel is planning for long-term success here. I am so excited about everything that Pat Gelsinger is announcing for the company. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the stock has actually slipped a little bit since after this announcement because investors don't care about the long term but this is the kind of long-term thinking that we need so some of it seems a little optimistic starting with that intel will be returning to the TikTok product development cycle that was their bread and butter back in the day so a tick man i can't remember which one is which doesn't matter but a tick and a talk are basically a process node advancement. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure a, a tick is a new process node advancement. New process? Okay. And yeah. then a talk then would be an architecture change. And the reason that you tick and then you talk is that if you try to do both at the same time, then you just dance. Okay, sorry. It's that if you try to do both at the same time, it's extremely risky. Every time you shrink your transistors, uh, or I mean, shrink your lithography. Every time you shrink the, the the CPU, what you risk is like, oh no, there's like an electron migration quantum tunneling crap that we didn't see coming from our previous nonsense. We got to solve all these problems now. Oh no, ah! Um, and every time you change your architecture, of course you're, I mean, you're recajiggering the way that your entire CPU works. Of course, there's a lot of problems that you're going to need to solve. So the idea behind TikTok is that you are only tackling one set of those problems at a time, and it gives you smaller gains overall with your new CPU, but it gives you hopefully a predictable amount of hassle with each new yeah. refresh. So, so just, just to be super clear, a tick is a new fabrication process and a talk is a new microarchitecture, as I believe we just said. I just verified yep, it. To yep, make sure. yep. Looks like we've got it right here. So I think it's pretty optimistic. With that said, I mean, you know what? I say, you know, hey, I don't know if you guys are going to pull this off, but the reality of it is like TSMC has been rolling new <laughs> process nodes just about on a yearly basis while intel has been absolutely stuck i mean no matter even if they don't quite manage like uh you know a, a yearly TikTok cadence um it's got to be better than what they're doing now because like we're currently on this cycle okay so remember a tick is process and a talk is architecture so fifth gen broadwell 
was Process, all right, on 14 nanometer. Then we had 6th gen Skylake, that was a new architecture. Then oh. we had 7th gen KB Lake, which was optimization. 8th gen oh. Coffee Lake, which was more optimization. We had 9th gen, also Coffee Lake, that was a refresh. 10th gen Comet Lake, that was optimization. We had one, two, three, four, five. They shouldn't be allowed to call those five generations of CPU. Like, what, what does a generation even mean anymore? And then finally, with 11th gen Rocket Lake, although we are still stuck on 14 nanometer, we finally got a new architecture and we got some real performance gains out of Rocket Lake. Now it has problems, it runs hot, but... Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, but you know what, Luke, okay? You can't ride a rocket without getting a little close to the sun. Closer to the sun. The, the atmosphere doesn't block the, the rays. It gets hot. But what if you went the other way? Um, uh, <laughs> you'd eventually reach another sun. Okay. Yes. Not really. Success. But okay. <laughs> I win. On top of this commitment to go back to TikTok, Mr. Gelsinger announced that Intel will be investing $20 billion, That is with a B in two Heck new yeah. chip-making plants to be added to its Arizona campus. So we are expecting from these over 3,000 permanent high-tech, high-wage jobs, over 3,000 construction jobs, and approximately 15,000 local long-term jobs. That is freaking awesome. Mind you, um, until the new fabs come online, Intel will be- take a long time. Yeah, it'll be a- It'll be take a, a long time to build properly. They take a long time to, to vet. Like it's, it's gonna be a while. It'll be a spicy minute. Um, so they'll be using third-party fabs more openly starting in 2023. With that said, uh, my understanding from what TSMC has said publicly about Intel's commitment to use third-party fabs is uh, you'd be our lowest priority. Thanks. Not only because you have your own fabs that you mostly use, therefore you're not really a strategic partner, but because you also, at the same time as announcing that you're going to use our fabs somehow magically, are announcing that you are be going to become a competitor because Intel will apparently be building up this new capacity and then be offering their own fabrication services to the same customers that might otherwise go to TSMC or to Samsung. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, in other news, though, Intel's own 7 nanometer process efforts are apparently progressing well, which uh, these new fabs should help with once they are ready. And it should be noted that Intel's 7 nanometer is not the same as TSMC's 7 nanometer, which is actually closer to Intel's delay-plagued 10 nanometer. We did a whole tech quickie on this, and it was it was shocking how many people were super mad about facts in that video and how many people have sort of fallen for the branding that other fabs have used around their manufacturing processes. Intel is behind. Their 10 nanometer has been too late and they, I mean, normally we're in a position of being ahead of everyone else. So what you're looking at right now is actually branding of a technologically not really the apples to apples manufacturing process. So when you take someone else's seven nanometer and Intel seven nanometer, the actual transistor density is 
probably not as good, whether it's TSMC or Samsung. Now, that's the conventional wisdom, of course. We're going to have to see how much Intel manages to shrink their 10 nanometer um, transistors when they move to 7 nanometer. I don't think that they've talked about it publicly yet at all, but we'll keep an eye on that and hopefully things will go freaking awesome because guys, whether it's AMD who's behind or Intel who's behind, we should always be rooting for the underdog to catch up because that'll put pressure on the leader. And I am freaking jazzed to see an Intel that is like for serious, actually for realsies, investing in building better processors. Uh, the, the Discord topic was probably a lot more eye grabby and that's the reason why it got the title and whatnot. This topic is very deeply exciting though. Yeah. This is good. We, we've seen Intel sit on their laurels for a long time and we've been complaining about it for a long time. So it's probably the right thing for us to do to give them props for not sitting on their laurels. And this seems like that. So I am stoked. This is fantastic. Very cool. It's not just cool because like, oh goodness, we might actually have Intel processors that people want to buy. So they might actually <laughs> move, which is a good thing. Um, but also, I mean, if you want to look at it at a completely non-tech standpoint, 15,000 local long-term jobs, that alone, pretty cool. Yep. Right? Like, sounds good. Intel building fabs in the States. Cool. You know what gives people yeah. like you and me jobs? Sponsors. Sponsors. Like Corsair. Woo! Corsair wants all of y'all to check out the new K65 RGB Mini mechanical keyboard. It features a 60% layout with per-key RGB backlighting, Corsair's IQ software compatibility, Cherry MX speed switches with a short 1.2 millimeter actuation distance, and an optional included radiant space bar along with a standard bottom row layout so that you can swap in your own custom keycap sets. So check them out today at the link in the video description. We've also got a new sponsor today. That's right, Notion. Notion is an excellent tool for team collaboration or you can use it on your own. <laughs> But 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 you'll be happier than that because you're using Notion. <laughs> Notion makes it easy to get more done as a team because you can easily share your work. You can take notes, manage tasks, set goals, and do so much more. And it allows you to increase productivity by making it easy for everyone to find the information they need. Notion is super customizable, so you can tailor tools to fit your team and your own needs. And many of us in the office are using Notion both personally and at work to seamlessly manage and collaborate on different projects around the office. So sign up for Notion for free using the link in the video description. Also, oh, look at this. I've got a video for this one. Cloud Linux. If your Linux distro is about to reach end of life or it already has, then you have some work to do. Take control of your end-of-life upgrade strategy with extended lifecycle support services from Cloud Linux. The service is now available for CentOS 6, Oracle Linux 6, and Ubuntu 16.04, extending the life of those versions four years after the EOL date. This includes the updates and security patches that you'll need for all packages of the operating system. It doesn't affect any of your current running infrastructure and is affordably priced and doesn't require a minimum subscription, period. Oh boy. This was not, wait, what, oh, oh, uh-oh, what did I just do? Uh-oh, 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 uh, where'd it go? What's going on? And it's okay. gone, uh, whatever. Yeah. The point is, keep your end-of-life distros going. Visit elsportal.com or click the link in the description to get more information. 
I uh, that that video file was I think 4K, so it was only playing a quarter of it. <laughs> okay, that's okay. We'll make it super easy for you guys. You have end of life Linux distros. Use Cloud Linux. It'll help you squeeze a little bit more of life out of them because migrating can be extremely time consuming and therefore expensive. All right, our next topic is. Good luck playing close to MSRP for a used GPU. This is extremely ah, yes. frustrating. I mean, man, check this out. This is an eBay link to sold listings for GTX 1070s and 1070Ti's. Luke, 1070s are still going for $140 to $180, and that's on the low end. Here's a 1070 that sold today for $530. Imagine two generations old, not top of the line, going for that much. Like, actually nuts. That not is not that it's a bad card. Like, 1070s are still quite capable cards. Which is exactly why people are glomming lots, onto them. Lots of stuff. Yes, for sure. I'm not trying to dig on, on 1070s, but like, for over 500 bucks, like, it is really brutal. So this uh, this topic was done up by uh, one of our new writers who's not off probation yet. Whether it's miners, silicon shortages, or just PC building popularity, or more likely some combination of all three, it is pretty much impossible to get any decent graphics card for MSRP. 1066 gig is going for 300 US dollars with eBay listings for 250 to 400. Like that's what they're selling for. Used cards typically, you know, 20% under MSRP, uh, you know, under in normal times, let alone cards from 2016. Like they should be so much less. And if you want something in the yeah. 20 or 30 series, good luck finding them for less than nearly double MSRP. So the reason Nicholas has been researching this is because he's actually working on a video that we're going to be doing where we are going to buy cards um, at scalper prices, and then we are going to make them available to verified actual gamers at MSRP. So we are we're we're do, we're going a step farther, Luke. We're going oh we're, we're going beyond. Okay, so I know it started. Okay, verified actual gamer program started with us buying cards from manufacturers, but we're stepping it up. We are actually going to go find cards that accidentally or maybe on purpose, got into the hands of scalpers, and we're going to get them back to gamers. Now, wow. I can't promise that we're going to do too many of them that way because it really is a lot more cost-effective for me to just buy them from manufacturers. Yeah. But there's, there's also some feedback already coming in uh, from people saying to not fund the scalpers. Well, what do you guys want me to do? Do you want gamers to have them at MSRP or not? I think, That's I think the they question. Just want, I think they just want more cards directly through verified actual gamer program uh, from the manufacturers, but but I don't know. Um, well, we're working on that too. So guys, if you want more cards in the verified actual gamer program, what you have to do is you have to make your voice heard. You've got to let GPU makers know. You've got to let guys like Asus and EVGA, Gigabyte, MSI, you've got to let these guys know, Zotac, hey, we want to see you guys support the Verified Actual Gamer program because we trust Linus Tech Tips to actually deliver these things into the hands of gamers and we don't trust whoever else it is. Because honestly, I can tell you now, if, you're, if your trust is shaken in the traditional supply chain, I, I share your sentiment. 
we uncovered, and I really don't want to name any names because I don't need that drama in my life, but we uncovered a situation around a recent GPU launch where manufacturers were telling us one thing about the supply and places where that supply was supposed to be was telling us other things. And so we do not believe that all the cards that were supposed to end up on shelves actually made it to shelves. But you have my personal pinky swear that every single card that comes to us from a manufacturer that we buy will go out for MSRP and no more. Um, we actually have a really exciting announcement. I'm probably jumping the gun on this a little bit, but these guys seem jazzed to engage with us. So I think the odds are that they're going to go forward with it. Um, it looks like EVGA is probably going to be our next partner for the Verified Actual Gamer program. So guys, be excited because you guys know EVGA is huge when it comes to GeForce. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. And what I want to say about EVGA is even if they don't manage to make it happen, even if they can't dig up some cards for us, they get it. Like not yeah. everyone just like immediately understands what we're trying to do here. But like Jacob over there, freaking that guy gets it. I barely even had to explain it. I'm just like, yeah, we built an actually like bought <laughs> nothing is proof. But we built a really, really well-defended checkout system that really does give a huge advantage to actual gamers and no advantage to people who have, you know, bots or scalper groups or whatever else. And he was like, dang, I'm in. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. So he's <laughs> trying real hard and we're really excited to work with them. But just because we've already done a drop, like say with Asus, for example, still feel free. Let those guys know that you want to see more of these drops because the more cards we have, the longer they will last and the better chance that our regular viewers, especially you guys, will be able to get their hands on them. There's a there's a pretty notable amount of feedback of yep. people saying not to buy from scalpers. I, I think um, mm. maybe maybe that will mean something. Uh, I'm trying to pass that feedback on, but also... I would reiterate on what Linus said is if you're if you're fighting with that sentiment, try to help us get some some more manufacturers on board, um, spread some spread some good sentiment so that we can we can get more stuff through the program. Through the you know? program is better. I mean, if you guys want, maybe what we could do is because uh, I can you know what? I'm just going to tell you guys now the concept for the video is a really fun one. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we are going to do an in-person event, which is going to be a little bit challenging in COVID times. It'll have to be like outdoors or something like that. But we are planning an in-person event where we're going to verify that people are actual gamers by having them game against me or other members of the LMG team. And the way that I intend to run it is if you even like can demonstrate that you're a gamer, okay? So you, you don't walk up and play a shooter game and put your fingers maybe, on the arrow Maybe you don't beat Ed in CS right away. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, as long as you, you're a gamer, okay? MSRP, no problem, okay? But if you start winning, well, hey, now the price might go down. Oh. Yeah. So we're gonna have some real fun oh. with that event. So the intention was actually for us to buy the scalper GPUs and then sell them at MSRP or even for less, depending on how gamer you were. 
Um, but what we could also do is we could just take some from the EVGA drop and we could use those to support the in-person event if you guys really don't want to see that. I just, Should we take a poll? Should we get a poll? Yeah, we could get we could get a straw poll going. I mean, because, that's the, because it, it could be the loud few, right? I, yeah. I could be taking the wrong sentiment from the crowd right now. Um, maybe people are totally down with with Pono from scalpers. Um, yeah, do you, do you want me to make it? Sorry, uh, I got it already. I got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I've created the poll, and I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna drop that in float plane chat first here, real quick. Okay, float plane chat. You guys are ready to go. And I, I mentioned a shooter, I said Counter-Strike, but I, I don't believe the idea was exclusively shooters. Right after I said Counter-Strike, a bunch of people in the chat were like, oh, what if I don't play shooters? I, yeah. So my intention would be to offer people a few different options. And my intention would also be to make it extremely challenging. Um, so the kinds of games that I was going to offer people the opportunity to beat me at would be things like Halo 1, um, cool. Beat Saber, and uh, I think there was there was something else that I had in mind. Probably something like Super Mario, Super Mario World Three, the like battle thing. So these nice. are all things that I'm like legitimately actually fairly good at. So yeah, we got people saying Beat Saber. Let's go. You know what? Good luck. It's possible. Actually, really good. It's possible <laughs> you're better than me. It is unlikely. <laughs> I legit have hundreds of hours in Beat Saber. Um, and just, just as a reminder, he didn't say that you had to win. You just had to prove that you're a gamer. That's right. Exactly. Those are, those are different things. Well, it looks like the community has kind of spoken here. Should we liberate scalped GPUs? 71% of you say no. Man, I would have thought people would have been jazzed about this. Here I am trying to like... I mean, it goes to show you, maybe I just don't even know what I'm doing and I should quit. Because here I am, I'm making gold Xbox controllers and nobody gives a shit. I'm like, hey, let's buy, let's like use my own money to buy scalped GPUs and like make them available to the community for less than MSRP. Woo, go Linus. And it's like, no, Linus, don't do that. I hate it. I hate it. I, like, I think I think the idea here is um, you're, you're to, to take Robin Hood's kind of thing. Sure. You're buying from the rich to give to the poor. So I should instead of steal taking them. from the rich, and in a a way to maybe but okay, but a way to sort of maybe do that is to acquire more GPUs directly from manufacturers, so they don't filter their way through uh, shady back channels directly to scalpers or to miners or whatever. Okay, so if you can get them and hand them directly. You're bypassing all of the the bad. Okay, I mean that is that is that is fair. I mean, the reality of it is, though, that there's going to be a limit to how many that I can get my hands on. Yes. And uh, honestly, one of the things I was a little concerned about with Verified Actual Gamer Program is like, don't get me wrong, guys. Like, we are still making money on those GPUs. And I, I'm not, I'm legitimately not, it's not good for me to sell them below the MSRP, because what that does is it undermines the hardworking people who are trying to make a living selling computer hardware, like computer stores, you know, like that's and actually they're, they're doing it legitimately. It, it's, yeah. it's bad for the industry for me to for me to undercut people. So it really is an MSRP. So I am. It's not a ton of money, quite frankly. The margins are not great, but but Marginal I am GPUs actually making traditionally are not very good money yeah. on it. So this was a way for me to try to kind of say, like, hey, guys, look, 
verified actual gamer program like really isn't about I am making money, but it's not about making money. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna like I'm gonna blow some of that money on these scalped ones as a way of sort of giving back as well. But if people don't want it, it's like, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Linus Media Group Incorporated, we're a business. We're we're down to make money. So if I you... think I think the video concept personally, I'm just gonna interject here. Yeah. I think the video concept is fantastic. I think you can still totally do it. Um, hopefully we can get, GPUs. yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get more manufacturers on board. Hopefully we can get more product and then it, it takes away from the online launches less. Um, and then you can still do the, the video concept because that's a really, I mean, I would watch that. That sounds cool. Yeah, like I'm excited. Battle Royale for being able to have <laughs> it's kind of brutal, but, but really cool at the same time. That's something that like. If I, w if I was currently in the market for a GPU and I was struggling to get one and I heard this event was going on, oh, I'd be there in a heartbeat. I know you'd like be at, there. At the, at the very least, you literally already said you don't have to win. You just get a better deal if you do win. There's no way I'm going to show up to an event and not appear like a gamer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's probably true for, for a lot of people in the audience. Like, yeah, you might not beat Linus in, in Beat Saber. But if you can show that you know kind of what you're doing with a VR headset, you understand how stuff works and yep. you understand basic gaming uh, yep. flow and stuff like that, you'll yeah, just appear like, like a gamer. Or even if you just demonstrate that you've like played a rhythm game before, you know, you know what's up. Yeah, yeah. You I know think. what you're supposed to, some block is flying at you and you get it. Like that's, yeah. You understand what you're supposed to do at the very least. So yeah, you know what, guys, if, if you want to see more cards in the Verified Actual Gamer program, apparently... Me personally buying them from scalpers is not the answer. So, you know, we in that case, we need more cards from manufacturers. I just want to take a moment to shout out the guys that have supported the Verified Actual Gamer program so yeah. far. Uh, Asus was in first. MSI was shortly behind. Like, they were they were right into it. Um, so credit to both of those guys for the... Because guys, this is a really unconventional thing and it's very disruptive to the regular supply chain. So those guys went out on a limb to support this program and massive props to AMD as well. AMD, I think, is the one so far that has gone way above and beyond in terms of their support. When we have our AMD drops, expect to see some serious stock of Ryzen 5900X and of uh, Radeon 6800 XTs. Like, we are really, really excited about those drops. So those guys were in first. And then it's actually, I don't want that to take anything away from EVGA. I didn't approach EVGA yet until like two days ago because we wanted to see the, I mean, honestly, even having three partners lined up before we did a single drop, no offense, Luke, but I was terrified. Oh yeah, no, I was high. It's fine. Because if for whatever reason, if for whatever reason the the technology didn't work, we were gonna look like complete assholes, right? So, um, so now that we've had one really successful drop, other than that error message that kind of didn't go away, which we have fixed now. Um, now that we have got a successful drop, man, the verified actual gamer program is open for business. So, huge shout out to ASUS MSI. AMD and to um, to EVGA so far for recognizing what we're doing, recognizing that it's important, and putting their money where their mouth is and supporting the program. Yeah, and like I, maybe I can give some um, back end baseball. That's I don't think that's how that phrase works. Inside baseball. I can, I think inside that's what baseball. You're looking for. 
I can, <laughs> I can explain a little bit of back, yeah, back end. That's why I thought, okay. Um, what was kind of going on there was we, we tried to build this. We, we essentially, we didn't want any of these cards to be remaining when we were done, right? And there was a reality, and I'm pretty sure this actually did happen, where some people didn't even want to buy the card, um, but they ended up on this video and they ended up on that part of the video and they're like, what's this? And they wanted to check it out. And then they see this quiz and they're like, oh, I'm a gamer. And they want to go through the quiz and they finish the quiz. And they're like, oh, wait, I don't want to buy a card. Um, so we wanted a system where if someone didn't buy the card yeah. that they just got the chance to buy, it would release that card back to the next most recent person who had successfully completed the quiz. The so gamer gauntlet. Yes. Because it the, won't sorry. always necessarily be a quiz. Fair, true, interesting. Hmm. Letting people know, um, but it, 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 yeah. So there, there was essentially a queuing system so we could make sure that all the graphics cards went. Um, we also were manually approving every single purchase, so that we could have a. That's just another layer of trying to make sure that these are getting the the cards into the hands of the right people. Hey, Luke, give yourself credit. It was not trying to make sure. We made sure. We made sure. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, simple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and there was some conflict there where we, we didn't we didn't quite get the right use case and it ended up not properly flagging. So because things were not uh, the payment for things wasn't manually captured yet, it wasn't like a hundred percent I'm gonna say this wrong and, and Will's gonna Will and Yuki are going to get mad at me, but um, it, 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 uh, it, it, because it wasn't manually captured yet, the inventory wasn't processed in the way that we were kind of expecting. Yeah, so it was sitting there waiting and verifying your quiz and not telling you that you were waiting in queue, but yeah. you were either waiting in queue or there was also no inventory left. The good Most news, people that got to that screen, there yeah. was no inventory left. But, the good news yeah. is that the queuing system worked properly. The it was queuing system... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was just the communication around the queuing system that did not work yes. properly because uh, the back end has three states for inventory. In stock, not in stock, and maybe in maybe. stock. Yeah. And what we didn't account for was that maybe uh, that like maybe no man's land um, and how we were manually verifying the orders on the back end and how that would interact so it wasn't giving the error message correctly. So we're learning a lot. Like, guys, yeah. we've... You know what? I mean, there's there's websites dedicated to doing these kinds of drops of limited edition items that have been around no. for years Sorry. and years. Sorry. And we're just kind of jumping into it because we felt like we had to. Uh, someone said, so I did bleep up reloading from that verifying. No, actually, you were fine. Um, th this was the thing. It all it all actually worked. It just didn't appear proper for like a, a few different reasons. But if you refreshed and then it was like, oh, there's none left, there was none left. And you needed to refresh for the site to tell you that properly. Yeah. But that was the actual result. That is what you got. Um, it just, yeah, it required a refresh to like update you properly. Yeah. Um, in other LTT store news, if you go to lttstore.com slash products slash LTX pins, uh, do you remember those pins that we did for LTX um, 2019? Yeah, definitely. Okay, we have 16 sets of them left. They're super cool. cool. Basically, they are pins of who was on our roster at the time. So um, now we actually have a lot more people than this, <laughs> but... 
in no particular order, we've got, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna struggle with this a little bit, but I'm gonna try. I believe this is Andy, Anthony, Jake, uh, Matthias, Tyler, that's, yeah, Tyler was, uh, was with us at the time, um, Taryn, James, Riley, Yvonne, Dennis, Jono, Colton, me, Lloyd, David, Nick Light, Edsel, John Martin, so that's our Tech Quickie writer, Janice, Brandon, David, wait, did I say two Davids? Oh crap, Alex, Alex, that's David, that's Alex, and then, oh shoot, who is this? I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that's Pella, and that's Alex P, A-Prime, uh, uh, shoot, who is this? Yeah, now I feel terrible. Okay, well, I tried. Anyway, uh, we have just a handful of them left. They were supposed to be exclusively sold at the event, um, but we didn't get them together in time. So we have the reason we have a weird number left is because we made them available first to VIPs from the event, then to um, like two-day pass holders, then to then, 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 then. So most of these went to people who were at the event. We figured, you know, what the hey, rather than throw them in the garbage, we might as well um, make them available to some of you WAN show viewers. Uh, right. Oh, and there's another announcement for the store. We have a new sticker pack. So any order that you place is going to come with the new sticker pack now. So that's pretty cool. What else we got? Luke, is there anything else kind of interesting here? Um... Let's see. I, I was just screenshotting some, some oh. very good verified gamer. While you're looking, I have something. Um, Intel Tech Trivia, answered in the form of a question. That is the formal name of the game show that we are going to be live streaming exclusively on Floatplane on March 31st. That's right. It is coming up. So this is our tech spin on the popular game show format. Um, I don't, ah, should I just admit? Yeah, okay, it's a Jeopardy ripoff. Um, our guests are going to be UFD Tech, Bitwit, Paul's Hardware, iJustine, Snazzy Labs, and MKBHD. That is a star-studded guest list if I have ever freaking seen one, and I am really excited. The format is going to be a, um, like, winner moves on, uh, losers are eliminated format. It's going to be raw and uncut for Floatplane, by the way, and we are expecting the live stream to be as long as eight hours. The goal is to start at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time on March 31st, and there's going to be three games with two rounds each. So game one is UFD Tech, Bitwit, and Paul's Hardware. So it's, the, the goal is to have it be a little bit more PC IT oriented. Game two is going to be iJustine, Snazzy Labs, and MKBHD. So the goal is to have it be a little bit more mobile and Apple-oriented. So we kind of have like themed pools of contestants. And game three will be the winners from games one and two plus a secret guest. A secret guest? Oh, okay. I see in the notes. Yeah, there was no way I wasn't going to tell the people. Okay, it says right here, the guest is supposed to be a secret surprise, but Linus is really bad at keeping secrets on the WAN show, so it's Linus. So I will take on the winners, Luke, you're muted. I will take uh. on the winners from games one and two. If you don't catch it live on Floatplane, it will be edited and released to YouTube sometime in April, the exact date TBD, but these kinds of live events can take a long time to edit down for, for YouTube, so... 
What um, I was going to say is if someone wants to add something to the doc in the future that they don't want Linus to spoil, for one, don't put it in the doc. <laughs> well, I would have said it anyway, because I knew that I'm going to be the, the, the third contestant for the third game. For two, put the don't say this first. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good idea. Oh, um, so someone came up with a pretty interesting idea for, for that, that video, by the way, um, where they'd have to bring their old GPUs. And then you would take their old GPUs for them and potentially flip them. Um, sorry, what? Yeah, maybe maybe if someone's GPU is old enough, that's kind of useless. Uh, but the the comment was essentially saying like, oh, if someone wanted like a thirty eighty, they could bring in their current like ten sixty, like a trade in program. Yeah, and get like a discount on the already MSRP priced graphics card, and then you guys could then flip those old graphics cards at a reasonable price. Oh man, that sounds that, that sounds, sounds like, like an accounting work. nightmare. I'm so it sorry. It sounded but... really cool when it was in text, and then right when I said it out loud, I was like, "Oh, there's a lot of problems with this." <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I can't do it. By the way, sticker packs are apparently going to start shipping out early next week. They are apparently not in the warehouse just yet, so that's really good for you guys to know right now. Okay, I honestly don't really see anything else that looks like a. Uh, a big not, important not really. topic. So I think um, we're just going to do a few super chats and call it good for the day, you guys. Yeah, guys. Yeah, I think I mentioned the semiconductor crisis point thing. And I think I mentioned the Acer hit with a $50 million ransom if we want to try to fire through those. Oh, this is really frustrating. My super chats are not under the viewer activity tab. So there's one that's like $50 that's not even in there. Steve Figueroa says, for my cartoon aficionado. Oh, thanks, Steve. And one from Brandon McKelvey, first Super Chat ever. I've watched you guys for years. Uh, when was the first uh, verified actual gamer drop? It was uh, this Tuesday? Tuesday. This Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, and we pulled it out of the video after because we didn't want people to be confused for years to come by this like dead link to the store because... Obviously, we were only able to keep them in stock for about 20, 25 minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm so sorry, guys, but I, I, don't, I don't have the Super Chats. Um, if you guys can still recall them, maybe just recall them, and um, hopefully you can get a refund on them because I, I don't have any way of reading them, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, QWERTY asks, will Floatplane get an uncut VOD of the of the um, tech trivia answered in the form of a question. I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So if you guys are into that, make sure you get subscribed over on Floatplane. Tiki asks, what's the site for Verified Actual Gamer Program and how do we enter? You need to make sure that you are watching Linus Tech Tips videos. Get, the, get that bell rung. Make sure you are watching the videos as soon as possible. Um, if you're in the Discord, there is a Discord bot that will notify you when a video goes live, for example. That's a good way to make sure. So here's a question. Mm. Do you even want to tell people if we have we have a bunch of verified actual gamer drops lined up? Yeah. Do you even want to tell people when they're coming? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Because I mean, for me, like part of the verified actual gamer program is that this is me taking care of my own. Like, if you are one of those dedicated viewers that is right there on that bell notification and watching the videos right when they drop, then I want you to have the best possible chance to get a GPU. It's that simple. Um, 
yeah, I mean, sorry. <laughs> Makes sense though, yeah. I, yeah, I, yep. So make sure you guys are watching the videos. Make sure you're watching the whole thing because we're going to have, we've got some pretty fun ideas for how to make it um, harder to cheat and harder to just kind of jump right to the page without actually watching the video. So it's going to be fun. Um, Anthony asks me, uh, what about people working slash at school during the drop? There's not a ton that we can do about that, but we will consider doing some of them at different times of day because it's more than just working in at school. There's also different time zones to consider. So I would be quite surprised if we don't see some of them happen um, with videos that are not at our normal time. All right. All right, thanks Saturn Tubes. An autograph on the GPU or something. Ooh, yeah, it's really hard for us to manage. It's enough that we're just kind of like bringing these things in and getting them out in a timely manner. There was that, maybe not for this, but there was that idea that you came up with. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. The signature edition thing? Uh, I don't remember the details of that. I'll, I'll... Oh, that mechanism. Yeah, I don't feel like dealing with that right now. We've got enough on yeah, the No, I, definitely not for this. I'm okay. just saying like it's it's a potential thing that could maybe work eventually. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right now, no. <laughs> no, not at all. All right, so that's it for the WAN show. We will see you guys again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. Let me know when we're offline. I will. I remember it now, though. Yeah, yeah, no, no not that. There's an idea of someone posting chat that I actually adore. Um, and, and I think we are cut on YouTube.